Hello, and welcome to the September 29th episode of Investing Beyond Borders, a podcast from Miranda Law Firm that brings you regular insight on investment opportunities and legal and regulatory updates from throughout the Miranda Alliance world. This week, we bring you news on the energy sector in Angola, Cameroon, and Portugal, tax cuts in Equatorial Guinea, a new MCC compact in Mozambique, an EV battery project in the DRC, a significant breakthrough in relations between Timor-Leste and China, and other major developments in our jurisdictions. Sit back, relax, and enjoy investing beyond borders. Joana, over to you. We start this week's episode with news on the fourth edition of the Angola Oil and Gas Conference and Exhibition that took place earlier this month in Luanda, bringing together 45 countries. The event is an initiative of the Ministry of Mineral Resources, Oil and Gas in partnership with the National Oil, Gas and Biofuels Agency and was attended by the Minister for Mineral Resources, Oil and Gas, Diamantino Svedo, alongside the heads of the hydrocarbons and mineral resources portfolios of Equatorial Guinea, Senegal, the Democratic Republic of the Congo and Venezuela, as well as the representatives of several major oil companies. This fourth edition focused on oil and gas security, decarbonization and sustainable development and covered a range of topics such as decarbonization strategies and global trends in the upstream production sector, as well as investment opportunities in the Angolan energy sector. At the occasion, the Angolan government reaffirmed its commitment to reducing greenhouse gas emissions while assuring that it will continue its investment in natural resources, including oil, as they represent a key component of the country's economy. In this respect, ANPG announced that it is launching a tender for oil and gas exploration in the Lower Congo and Kwanzaa onshore basins on 30 September that will be open to national and foreign entities. During the conference, global energy company ENI also announced a billion US dollar investment in non-associated gas development in Angola. Their goal is to achieve production of around 250 million cubic feet per day, which equals approximately 4 billion cubic meters per day. Based on the progress already made, ENI is expecting the first flow of gas in July 2026. In order to implement its 2018-2025 renewable energy strategy, Angola will need 23 billion US dollars to be invested by public and private entities. The strategy aims to reach 70% of renewable energy sources in the country's energy mix. Angola had previously secured 560 million US dollars and is currently running two solar energy projects, Biopiu and Bahia Farta. At the Cabo Verde Investment Forum in New York earlier this month, Cape Verdean Prime Minister Ulisse Correia Silva made the case for investing in the country. He pointed out the country's political and social stability and its privileged location in the African continent between Europe, the USA and Brazil. Cape Verde is also committed to transparency and international tax cooperation through the OCDE's Global Forum on Transparency and Exchange of Tax Information and the Convention on Mutual Administrative Assistance in Tax Matters, important reputational instruments that show Cape Verde's openness to foreign direct investment. In the first half of 2023, Uneo, the concessionaire of the public electricity service in Cameroon, claims to have completed 78,000 new connections to the power grid, which corresponds to a target attainment rate of 128%. 
approved in 2018 the Rural Electrification and Energy Access Project in underserved areas of Cameroon, aims to electrify 687 localities in six regions through the construction and rehabilitation of medium and low-voltage lines. The project has already benefited from World Bank financing of around 85 billion CFA francs, with a view to electrifying some 417 localities and making some 120,000 connections, out of 160,000 by 2025. Cameroon recently inaugurated the country's largest solar power plants in Guidère and Marois, in the north of the country. With a combined capacity of 30 megawatts, the plants will contribute to the shutdown of thermal power plants previously used to boost production in this part of the country, thus generating budget savings for the state and reducing emissions. With an installed capacity of 30.6 megawatts over 36 megawatt peaks, Cameroon joins South Africa, Egypt, Morocco, Algeria, Senegal, Namibia, Tunisia and Uganda in the group of African producers of solar energy for mass consumption. The goal will be to increase Cameroon's solar energy production capacity to 250 megawatts by 2030. British company Tullo Oil is to step up its oil production in Gabon with an investment of over 1 billion US dollars by 2026 which should result in the acquisition of new oil blocks. The company currently produces 13,000 barrels per day in the country. As part of its strategy to improve the business climate in Equatorial Guinea, the government is preparing a tax cut to attract investors to Equatorial Guinea's oil sector. Among the measures are the reduction of the corporate tax and the reduction of the tax on dividends, which are expected to take effect from the next fiscal year. The Mozambican government and the Millennium Challenge Corporation MCC, signed their second financing compact worth 500 million US dollars. The Mozambique Connectivity and Coastal Resilience Compact is a program that aims to promote inclusive economic growth, climate and coastal resilience, and improve public services and transportation infrastructure. This financing compact will feature three interrelated projects that meet all of MCC's comprehensive investment criteria, promoting social, gender and youth inclusion, as well as leveraging private investment. While the first pact focused on water supply and sanitation, land ownership issues, transportation and agriculture, this time the focus is on improving transportation networks in rural areas, encouraging commercial agriculture through political and fiscal reforms, and improving coastal livelihoods through climate resilience initiatives. The European Commission approved the reprogramming of a Portuguese recovery and resilience plan. The plan, initially worth 16.6 billion euros, is now worth 22.2 billion euros in grants and loans and covers 44 reforms and 117 investments. Portugal's changes to the original plan are based on the need to factor in the high inflation experienced in 2022, supply chain disruptions caused by the war in Ukraine, and the upward revision of its maximum RRF grant allocation from 13.9 billion euros to 15.5 billion euros. The plan now includes a Rep Power EU chapter, consisting of six reforms and 16 investments focused on the green transition and making Europe independent from Russian fossil fuels before 2030. Portugal's plan also continues to focus on the digital sphere, as it devotes 21.1% of its total allocation to support the digital transition. 
After receiving the green light from the Portuguese Environment Agency, Galp has decided to go ahead with the Green Hydrogen and Advanced Biofuels project in Singe, with an investment of 650 million euros. The Advanced Biofuels unit, which will also produce sustainable aviation fuel, will have a capacity of 270,000 tons per year and will be developed in partnership with Japan's Mitsui. Regarding green hydrogen, GALP will be moving ahead with a 100-megawatt electrolysis unit, which will replace around 20% of the current consumption of grey hydrogen at the Sinj refinery. GALP will be using equipment from Plug Power and Technip Energies, will be responsible for the project's construction. Both projects should be operational by 2025. According to the European Attractiveness Survey report of 2023, Portugal is the number one European country driving the highest percentage increase in foreign investment, having registered an investment increase of 24%. Accounting for 40% of total investment projects is the foreign investment in the digital industry, which has been booming in the country. The Democratic Republic of the Congo and neighboring Zambia are planning a mega-project to manufacture electric batteries. The project, which will require 30 billion US dollars investment, is to be located in a free zone in Okatanga province, on the border between the two countries so it can limit red tape for investors and reduce production costs. It is worth mentioning that the DRC accounts for over 70% of the world's cobalt production while Zambia is the world's sixth-largest copper producer and Africa's second-largest cobalt producer, both essential in the production of batteries for electric vehicles. The modernization work at Ngili Airport is set to resume following the reallocation of its management to a new operator, Turkish company Milvest Holding, which has unveiled a 1.2 billion US dollar plan to modernize the hub. The plan entails building a new terminal, new runways and a parking lot tripling the airport's capacity. In Santomen Prisp, the government presented a new administrative procedure code aimed at reducing bureaucracy and civil service, organizing the sector with more transparent mechanisms and fighting corruption. The process will also include electronic governance as a less expensive mechanism, which will have a positive and long-term effect, as the government wants to improve the means of communication in the public administration and ensure better quality of services to allow greater integration participation, and services to the Santomian population. To improve the services offered to the population, Santomian, Prisp and Portugal recently signed a Memorandum of Understanding to establish the training of officials in the Santomian public administration by Portuguese officials. Senegal has been stepping up the development of renewable energy facilities with a long-term goal of achieving a 40% share of renewable energies in its energy mix by 2035. Following the inauguration of the Kaon, Kael and Dias solar power plants between 2020 and 2021, Senegal is preparing to take the next step in its sustainable energy development, as the West African Development Bank approved 15 billion franc CFAs in financing for a new 30 megawatt peaks photovoltaic power plant to be built in Niakar, 135 kilometers east of Dakar. Piloted by Duranga Nyakaf Storage, a subsidiary of Energy Resources Senegal, with climate fund managers at its side, the plant will help increase and stabilize electricity supply in the region and beyond. Implementation will be handled by the Vinci Energies Group, represented by Omixom. 
Over in Timor-Leste, the negotiations with Australia regarding the Greater Sunrise Gas and Condensate Fields are set to resume soon and are expected to be concluded by mid-2024. Due to its huge impact on the Timorese economy, the project is one of the government's top priorities, and the Australian authorities have recently confirmed their intention to see a swift development of the project. Timor-Leste and China have strengthened economic ties with the signing of a comprehensive strategic partnership, the second highest level in Chinese diplomatic protocol, which translates into a multidimensional cooperation that covers economic, scientific, technological, political and cultural fields, and is conducted by governmental and non-governmental organizations. Under this partnership, China will support Timor-Leste in the industrial infrastructure and social sectors, notably in four key areas – industrial revitalization, infrastructure development, food self-sufficiency, and improving the living conditions of the Timorese people. Also in Timor-Leste, the Prime Minister Shinane Guzman and his South Korean counterpart, Han Duxeo, held a bilateral meeting on the sidelines of the 19th Asian Games to discuss cooperation between the two countries in the field of sport, focusing on the ongoing construction of the four multi-purpose sports fields in Dili. Meanwhile, Han said that Korea would continue to support Timor-Leste not only in the field of sports, but also in other areas such as education, agriculture and tourism. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Investing Beyond Borders. We will be back in two weeks' time with more developments in the Miranda Alliance world. Please join us then for more news from the 16 Miranda Alliance jurisdictions. In the meantime, you can drop by our website or LinkedIn page, where you will find more updates on our activity and legal developments of interest to our clients and followers. This podcast was brought to you by Miranda Law Firm and Miranda Alliance. You can find out more about our worldwide activities and assistance to investors at www.mirandalawfirm.com. This episode was presented by Joana Graça Moura from our Lisbon office and Luís Miranda from the Houston office. Content was developed exclusively for Miranda by the Miranda Alliance podcast team. Technical support is provided by Catarina Moraes and Hugo Ribeiro from our communications department. All content is subject to copyright and protected by law.